Hey, entrepreneurs, it's your podcast mogul, Phil Better here. I am excited for this episode, as as I know you are. Before we jump into this episode, I'm going to ask you, if you are also a podcaster and you're looking to grow your podcast or monetize your podcast, make sure you stay till the end of the episode. I have a special deal for you or a special offer, if you will. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. No, uh, I'm your host with the most Phil Welcome Better. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mode of Phil Better as he introduces the next stage mode that makes you look like a digital individual. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better. feels they need to work in this digital world. Please welcome Ethan Halfhide. Ethan, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. So, Ethan, I gave a bit of a very overview, brief, and vague description of who you are and what you do. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, uh, I'll start entrepreneur since I was a kid, mowing lawns, you know, and when I, I kind of restructured my view on money, seeing that you could do it with your friends, making money and go to the coin star and be, be able to, like, afford paintball and stuff like that. So kind of mesh that uh making money should be tied to something that you're passionate about and you know that's how i got here today lean discovery group uh we help today's innovators build the tools of tomorrow uh through mobile app design and development so thank you i like that um so you went from mowing lawns to building having leading lean discovery group so let's let's talk how did you what was after that like what started the the real next spark like when you realized this could be your life yeah sounds good i i would say there was a few steps along the way some uh, harder than others right but i wasn't great at school never was it was kind of mind-numbing so uh, I just majored in exercise science in college because I liked working out. I was always an athlete, right? So uh, I graduated from college. I was a personal trainer. I making no money, had like no clients. And eventually I started to get out my shell. I started to build up a book of business, started to really nail down what I wanted to do. The slogan there was uh, empowering, in, uh, empower, empowering the human spirit by putting a personal trainer in everyone's pocket. That was the goal, right? Especially for people with medical conditions. So I started Panacea Fit, became mildly successful with that. It wasn't like a rock star application, but you know, I had a good bit of clients. Um, and that was my first kind of segue into the tech industry. And I saw what was possible. That got me on the Shark Tank podcast with Barbara Corcoran and then got me a really cool job working for what Entrepreneur Magazine called the Elon Musk of the fitness industry in Manhattan. That took us up to COVID. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then COVID happened. Uh, did you decide just to take a break or did you say, hey, no, I'm going to double down and figure my own thing out? Uh, well, you know, it was weird. The city shut down. People were wearing hazmat suits and whatnot on the subway. I was like, yeah, I got to get out of here. I moved back home to my parents' house and I thought, yeah, it'll just be a few weeks, you know, typical like overly optimistic like it'll just be a few weeks we'll be back no it was you know i lost my apartment and everything so i started working part-time at home depot fixing fixing a, a neighbor's boat engine for for like 20 bucks an hour which was pretty good money and then <laughs> uh you know just kind of writing my business plan for what was then customerdiscovery.co which eventually became well it was two separate entities customerdiscovery.co was an application helping startups reach product market fit uh, faster, more affordably, but then lean discovery group was an agency 
that was separate um, and took off from there. Okay. And why do you want to help the innovators of tomorrow build the tools of tomorrow? Because, you know, I always felt a little out there, like growing up, like I was like, the way I think is way different than other people. Um, and I had the Apple slogan, a great marketing uh, campaign. Here's to the crazy ones, the rebels, the misfits, round tags and square holes, like, you know, think differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every business I've started, if you can pay attention to like the marketing, it's very much synonymous of that. I, I've, I've never had someone help me with branding or marketing, right? Like to this day, I've never really done any marketing. I've done it all myself because it's really just making people feel that same spark that I felt when I encountered like the Steve Jobs biography and whatnot, just saying like empower the human spirit, empower the individual, and then that will empower people as a whole. And so have you ever always, sorry, not ever, have you always been, cause you do somewhat kind of philanthropic work with your helping setting up these like coding boot camps as well that you were mentioning earlier in the, the before we jumped on the, jumped on the call. Um, wh- what is that? Like, was that always something you've always wanted to do or was that something you just grew into? I'd say so I haven't started that yet, by the way, oh. actually, you know, I had a call with city council today to start to plan next steps. That's going to be starting here soon. Um, but I guess I, I just realized like, I just kind of audited myself in the times in my life when I was happiest and a little bit when I wasn't happy, but really when was I at, like peak happiness? And it was stuff like when I was doing things purely just for like giving back, like building houses for uh, people who uh, went through like hurricane disasters down in Mississippi uh, building houses for people in West Virginia that didn't have indoor plumbing and that camaraderie that everybody felt and just realizing like, we're not here for ulterior motives. We're not here to make a profit. We're here to just genuinely give back and enjoy the process. Right. And I remember like I came back from, from that camp one day and, or from that, not camp. It's uh, a trip from a mm-hmm. trip down to Mississippi um, or the West Virginia one. It was one of the two. And I was like, I was just genuinely so sad that it was over. I was like, I just want to go back. It was such a good experience. So I just realized I can make millions of dollars and whatnot. Sure. And that may make me happy for a little while, but it's not sustainable internal fulfillment. So got to give back. I like that. And with you empowering, not only like I, I'm sensing that through your life, empowering has been something that's, been a constant theme helping either empowering others empowering yourself um where do you would you credit that coming from uh man we could get real deep with that but i I won't (laughs) go too deep but you know i grew up as a a only child and you know i have a very individualistic mindset um it can be very lonely and you can seek external validation from you know trying to join other groups and things like that trying to find your group identity but at the end of the day, if you really want to have internal fulfillment and a sense of security, and it's always a work in progress, but you have to look inwards. You know, I, Gandhi or someone said something about like, if you want to change the world, start with your own home, start with yourself, you know, start with your own neighborhood. And I genuinely believe that that is the answer to true happiness. Like, start with yourself, look inwards. What makes you happy? What do you want to be known for? And then start to see how you can spread that message, whether it's through a business, whether it's through content, like you're doing so amazingly, uh, or through nonprofit work. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't plan that uh, drink uh, at the best time. I did did Um, some water too. (laughs) Always smart to stay hydrated. Um, (laughs) With the Lean Discovery Group, what is it that you 
do with uh, your the in, how do you empower the in, innovators of tomorrow? Sure. Um, well, from a very operationally oriented explanation, it starts with, you know, we find a lead who has an existing project. And if it's a good fit, we reach out to them. We book a discovery call, lean discovery, right? It's on brand. So it starts with <laughs> discovery. And that's basically just very qualitative. Let's get to know each other. What are you trying to build? Why are you trying to build it? Who are you trying to build it for? What are the problems you're trying to solve? Okay, good fit. Good. The second step, it's a two-call close method. We go to a requirements workshop. Once the requirements workshop is booked, we understand kind of the technical know-how for how to do it, API integrations, you know, what kind of coding limitations, uh, all, all the good stuff, right? Then, you know, we send the scope of work, things are good, move on to the next step. This is where the magic happens, Phil, okay? So, hence the name. Everything starts with a discovery phase. This is where we do either customer discovery or we do strategic planning. And it's always end user centric. It's always about whoever's going to be using the app. doesn't matter how good of an application you build it for or build it. As long as you best serve like a certain demographic of people's needs, people will use it. People will love it. And they'll shout from the rooftops and help you grow it. So we believe in product-led growth, customer-centric design, um, and then we move into the actual design phase from discovery. And then ultimately, when things are approved, we go to development, QA, and launch from there. So how long is the process? Let's, let's say me and you jump on a discovery call, right? We, we see if we can work together. It looks like it's going to happen. How long after is step two? That's step two call. Uh, so it can be... You know, usually it's like 48 hours. You know, we're getting really, really busy these days to the point where we had to like pause growth. We weren't accepting any new customers for a little while. Actually, right now we're just starting to accept new customers, but probably next week we hired a new PM. But um, I would say about 48 hours, you know, maybe that's going to go down in time, but that gives us, you know, both time to reflect. And we're not, and usually customers are vetting <clears throat> multiple agencies. We want to give the other guys a chance. So, you know, at least 24 to 48 hours, right? <laughs> True, true, true. Um, and so once everything's done, that it depends on the project, on like how long, how big and how complex it is for when it starts going to market and beta, te beta testing and all that? Say that one more time. Sorry. Um, from the initial call, so it's like 48 hours from the initial call, we find out if we work with you. From that point on, it can depend on how the complexity of the app and what they're what's being built for the sure, time frame yeah. to work. So, you know, if, if the requirements workshop goes well and if the scope of work is approved and everybody's happy with what's going to happen over the next three to six months, that kind of answers your question. Actually, it's usually about three to six months to get a full working application out the door. Now, obviously, you're doing both web and mobile design, right? Applications? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, I want to know for someone who's trying to do it on their own, let's say they don't have the the capability or there's, they don't believe it's possible to work with an agency like yourself to get it to the next level. What tip would you have for them? Or they're not ready to work with an agency. Let's say they're still brainstorming that. What tip would you have for them to get ready so that the connection with an agency like yourself or any, someone else, they're already ready for that step to happen. Because most probably most project people aren't ready to meet with an agency, right? Yeah, I'd say document, get to really know your end consumer. I think that's the first step. If we have to start in chronological order, like 
be crystal clear on why you're doing what you're doing. And not, it doesn't have to be super idealistic. I know my businesses tend to be because I, I seek a lot of passion and fulfillment for my work. It's what I do the majority of my life, right? Um, but if it's, you know, a lot of times you can build an application, make a lot of money from like a boring idea, you know, from a, a CRM, from, you know, from workflow automations. Like, but you still, the general theme is like, really understand who you're building it for and go speak to them. Just go talk to them. Don't even try to sell them. Just say like, Hey, I'm thinking about building this tool, uh, because of X, Y, and Z. And I think it's going to make your life easier. Can I ask X, Y, and Z get your interview together in terms of like, um, what do you currently wish was automated? Right. If it is an automated workflow tool, just start to understand like customer empathy wise. And then the more you understand them, the better you can build to match their needs. If that makes sense. It does. It makes perfect sense. And um, in your journey as an entrepreneur, helping people, empowering people, uh, Ethan, you must have collected a a plethora of memories from wins from that you were able to achieve or is it for your your clients, your customers or people that you work with and that you empower? Um, Do you have one that you that really just stands out for you that when you that you feel that is like, this is my reason why, this is why I want to help empower people. Oh, uh, man, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot, both like from like people that we work with and then, you know, our clients as well. And I, I can't even name anything specific, but like there's, we have different customer archetypes ourselves, right? We have individual bootstrap founders who maybe work another job and they're moonlighting this app idea and they have a very tight budget of like five to $10,000. Then we have small to medium businesses, which have a bigger budget, probably 20 to 50. And then we have enterprises that are like, you know, well over a hundred thousand. But honestly, the least profitable contracts are usually our favorite because that those are the crazy ones. They're not a startup <laughs> or a company with a pre-approved budget. And, you know, here's the business value. It's like, no, I've had this dream for a while. I want to create a Tinder for helping match uh, millennials to adopted pets, right? Like a Tinder-like app, not Tinder, but like, oh, based on your lifestyle, like whether an introvert or extrovert, you like to stay in and read and, and, you know, have a calm lifestyle, or you like to go out and walk and hike and do all that. Here's the breed of dog that would best suit your needs. Like, that's awesome. That's an actual project that we're building, right? Um, and, and By the like, way, send me that link once it goes live. I would love to have it because that sounds phenomenal. Right, right. And there's just so many. And the toughest part is that I'm under NDA for so many and pretty much all of them that I don't know how much I can say. But yeah, they're all. Well, let's look at a, a previous. Let's look at the ones that have been successful. Maybe a client got bought out if you can obviously no nothing specific we don't want to ruin it maybe a, a memory for you like someone you help someone achieve something and that what made that made you feel yeah well i mean we just started like 2022 <sighs> right like late 2022 i was a freelancer for the first half of 2022 the it's all the revenue still went into the business um that's why like lean discovery group has been incorporated for a while but it didn't formally become an agency until Upwork started taking off. That's where we started to get a lot of business from. So I'm trying to remember the early Upwork uh, contracts. One, I'm also under NDA, but I would say, <laughs> um, I don't know how much I can say, but I, I would say. what did the, the, the end result for them, 
when you were able to help them get to that the goal they met with you like so they came in with obviously a a a a goal they said hey we want to make this live by xyz and the reasonings that um what was did you exceed their expectations were they blown away by what happened kind of like that that's what we're kind of looking at yeah um i would basically say to be as general as possible a female founder came to me with an idea she had a you know a very large wedding she had a lot of used uh, goods from that that wedding that went unused and she said you know i think a lot of um other people have this issue as well and i've always had this idea you know she's very smart very well educated very smart in her go-to-market strategy as well and she trusted us to build the tool and that was one of our first projects as an agency you know and the fact that this individual founder wanted to put up her own hard-earned money no experience before trusted us to do that that meant a ton to me because like i'm super passionate about helping people make their dreams come true do we always do a great time or a great job we're getting better and better but in the earlier stages we learned a lot together so that was a really good experience. That's, you know, I, I can't, I don't know if I can say the name and whatnot. It's live, no, it has users and things like that. And it's, you know, it's going well. That's good. I love to hear it. Like, no, see, having that trust from another entrepreneur to come into your, your world and say, Hey, this is my idea. I'm trusting you to do this. And then having it be successful. It is because success is, is different for everybody. But the, the end user end result was the users are happy and your client was happy because they got what Absolutely. they wanted. They got to see their dream come through. So that's a, that's an amazing thing. Um, where do you want to go in five years? Like five years, not my finger. We're five years down the line. What is Ethan doing? What is the Lean Discovery Group doing? So we are five years down the line. Our strategy is to basically, you know, uh, we want to create not like a factory line for innovation, but what I mean is a very predictable, guaranteed way to bring in new clients and to generate innovative customer-centric products that grow themselves and raving customers, like very, very happy customers. We're always iterating and, and optimizing our processes as we learn and encounter edge cases across every project because every project is custom, right? Um, it, it, every project is very different. Uh, phase two is to acquire other businesses. So like I said, we've done no digital marketing uh, to date, right? So we want to acquire either a digital marketing company, an accounting and a bookkeeping company and start to build an ecosystem of businesses that all are synergistic. They all work together and then start to build a discovery fund. Right. And that's what we're calling that where we manage these well-run companies. We start to grow them in unison uh, and we start to kind of expand our reach into other passionate areas that I individually can't run multiple businesses, but those founders can run their own businesses and we can help them from a product strategy standpoint. And we can be that holding company, right? A micro PE firm, essentially. Uh, phase three is, as I said, uh, we want to start tech innovation hubs in underserved communities. I actually don't like that word, underserved, but up and coming, right? Up and coming <laughs> reflects the future. Underserved reflects the past. So up and coming. Um, and we want to make it free, free, whether it's subsidized by the government or we find other ways to monetize through like real estate and surrounding areas. So as these people start to learn, you know, intro to software development, teaching them about chat GPT, how they can use it 
UX design, product management, and they start to get jobs, perhaps we only make money off of staffing them with these high paying jobs. That's good. That's a good win-win, right? And maybe through real estate in those areas, because as they start to make more money, the real estate market goes up and then, you know, we make money in the long run. So that's, that's my life purpose right there in three phases. I, it's better than what most people have. And I love how it's still sticking with helping businesses help the user grow. And it's always the a person's being benefiting before you get the benefit because you're building the future to the next level. And I love seeing that in today's entrepreneurs being very uh, forward thinking in that way. So um, I'm, I'm super excited to be attached to see where you go in the future because that's going to be insane. Um, what would you advise entrepreneurs, someone about to jump in to the world of entrepreneurship? Uh, as we both know, it's like jumping off of a, a, a cliff and building the plane on the way down. What would you advise them to watch out for? My best advice to someone about to pursue entrepreneurship, don't. Yeah. <laughs> At all costs, like if you don't absolutely love it or love what you're about to build, don't do it it'll it'll challenge you every step of the way it is 10 times more difficult than you think it is at the very beginning you have uh was a cognitive bias of some sorts it, it, not imposter syndrome but the the opposite uh survivorship bias like oh i'll figure it out i'll figure it out um many people wouldn't expect me to say this but you have to be extremely passionate about what you're building or extremely clear on building whatever it is and how you're going to make money from it because it is extremely difficult there are so many moving parts um it, it it's just you know it's it's hard work like elon musk said it's like uh staring into the abyss eating glass and staring into the abyss right like it, it really is like that and if you love it and you're one of the crazy ones you have no choice like you just you're you're pulled to it you have no choice you can try to stop you can try to go work another job you'll never actually be able to because it's just a love you know it's just like something that keeps pulling you in so my best advice starting out is to fight it as much as you can until you can't because then you just know that you need to be crystal clear on how you're going to make it work because you know there's no other option and that's what i've always done there is no other option i just have to do it i i it's the different advice than most I've gotten from <laughs> entrepreneurs. So it's, it's, it's puzzling. Most of them is it's, you know, there is the crystal clear be be clear on who you serve and make sure you're passionate. That, that is obviously the same. However, I have yet to have someone say, don't do it because you need to, or fight it until it becomes such a rage inside of you that you, you know exactly what you want. I find that re reassuring. Yeah. Let the rage grow. Yeah. Let that, let that thing inside you grow as much as you can until it's just, you look in the mirror and you're like, I have to do this. Like I've done that so many times. I'm like, I have no other choice. I know that if I don't pursue this, I'll be betraying myself. Like I have to do this, you know? So oh, that's how you should I I like that. Great advice. I loved, I, that's why I love this podcast. I get the best advice from all the entrepreneurs before everybody else, before you drop those wisdoms elsewhere. Um, we are coming to the end, Ethan. So I'm going to get to the Spark question. Uh, as you know, Spark is from Seek Discomfort, a great organization that you should uh, go join. And I like, I like this. This is good. It kind of harks back to the five-year question. If you were 99 years old and given the chance to come back to today, what would you do right now? 99 years old, and I had the chance to come back to today. 
what would yeah. I do right now is in this day, this time? This, or, yeah, right now. Boom. I'd, you know, I'd finish out this podcast strong. <laughs> I'd get to know you better. <laughs> no pun intended on your last name. I see if there's a way that, you know, there's, there's synergy because I would love to also create a podcast and share my message and maybe there's opportunity there. Oh, uh, I think there is. Um, so Ethan, uh, since we're coming to the end, I'm going to jump off stage here. I want my, you to let my audience know if they have an idea uh, that's burning inside, that's an app development, how they can get in contact, how they can follow along with your journey and learn more about you. So the floor, sir, is yours. Sure. Thank you, Phil. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to my, you know, my, my spiel. I'm Ethan Halfleid. You can find me on Instagram, Ethan Half. Um, and you can email me at Ethan at Lean Discovery Group. If you have any questions, we can book a discovery call free of charge. Just let's just talk about your app idea. Maybe we can point you in the right direction if it isn't the right time. And yeah, stay in touch, guys. Thank you. Ethan, thank you very much for giving me uh, some advice I need to reconsider and really appreciate because it is true and how it reflects on myself and the tips as well. Um, I can't thank you enough for being here and I look forward to uh, seeing where you guys go with the Lean Discovery Group. Thank you, Phil. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Of course, to my audience, you know, the show notes will have all the information to connect with Ethan. And as I always say every episode, remember to invest in yourself. Hey, digital entrepreneurs, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, like most of these entrepreneurs have taken their business to the next level to scale it, if you will, make sure you check out my brand new newsletter. Links are down below. It is called the Monetization Mogul Syndicate Newsletter, or it could be Phil Better stories of monetization moguls or making moguls is what i do so make sure you go ahead and check that out but i want to thank you very much for listening and as always remember to invest